0: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the another fresh episode of the MA4L podcast. Um, probably already can hear it, um, or not hear it in this case. I am here by myself. Um, my co-host, Spear, uh, has, has something he needed to take care of tonight. And in an effort to not postpone this and have us, you know, have a cascade of episodes to watch... I decided to take it upon myself to ruin the show. I mean I decided to take it upon myself to review these two episodes that I have here. Um just to take it off of him, off of him and so he can, you know, get caught up on whatever he needs to get caught up on. Whether that be work or just you know, sleep. He seemed really stressed. So um thoughts and prayers go out to you spirit. if you ever do hear this. Um But uh yeah, we are here to review the most recent episode of My Hair Academia, along with an episode of Dragon Prince. Uh, we're going to do it as we normally do, just without Spear here to bounce ideas off of. Uh, with that also being said, um, this might be a shorter or less enthusiastic episode of the podcast. I uh, I apologize in advance, because um, the energy probably won't really be there all for me, but we'll see what happens. Um, we're gonna review the episode of Dragon Prince episode four season four. And then we're gonna move on to my hero and that's how we'll end this shebang. So um without further ado, let's start talking about it's nothing it's nothing to say and update it on the um, podcast. I'm releasing episodes when I remember to with that. Um the up- uh, upload might be janky in terms of like whenever I do upload one, because it's gonna be some it's gonna be an episode to YouTube. And then, apparently Anchor gets them now from me the day of the next episode, uh, like live broadcast again. You just go live, 9.30, Mondays, at 9.30 p.m. Uh, something happens, and then we'll move the cast. Uh, it really won't matter to people watching this in hind- and later on in the future, because these episodes have already been out. However many we have for Season 3. Same thing with the Season 2 and Season 1. So well... I think Season 2 is available everywhere you can get podcasts. Season 1, however, is just a YouTube solo. Um, I unfortunately could... Well, not unfortunately. I could go out of my way to download every episode and get them uploaded. And I might in the future when there's some downtime. But there's just a lot of episodes, and they're mostly just Dragon Ball Super. I want to say... we didn't start reviewing My Hero until, like, middle season, last year, beginning season 2, I want to say. So, like, there aren't any video episodes of us reviewing the first season. And I never thought of a way to, I haven't thought of a way to fix that. Though we're very far into My Hero at this point, I think our, uh, opinions of season 1 are, you know, moot at this point, because we like the series. We're still watching it. Six seasons in. Um... I guess I'll further ado, when I'm talking about my hero first, we're talking about Dragon Prince. And, uh, I guess episode four, Through the Looking Glass. This episode, I, um, I'm gonna start off like, this episode was very interesting. Um, a lot of story kind of just kind of starts getting unfolding here. There's a lot of, um, well, it appears to be a lot of foreshadowing. We learn about Erevos' backstory. Uh which is not gonna be more intrigued about Star Elves specifically. Uh we get a little bit of like character interactions between um the cast, Callum, and um Is it Raven? that's somebody else i think i'm trying to think of the moon elf's name i keep why am i blanking on this i shouldn't be blanking on this No, I'm gonna look this up real quick. So I'm not just blanking on it here. Is it Raina? Rayla, Okay, that's a. We get interactions between Rayla and Callum. Callum is still doing that whole "you left me on my birthday" stick. Um, you can tell he's very upset by it, which he has the right to be. Um. A lot of things happen here. Like we start seeing uh, things, kind of start like uh, panning out. Uh, we see. Uh, shoot. Uh. I'm gonna call him Bevin. It's not Bevin. You see that after the fight with the, with the, between the you know, the, the sky elf and then the, um, terror elf, uh, Viren's daughter comes back down, uh, to confirm that she's got the staff. They're going, they're ready to do the ritual. So, you know, going off and we see a little bit more of the, um, the conflict between the humans and the elves that we were talking about last podcast. I want to say that that was very eye opening. The humans are very and at least the human woman we saw here with the of trying to you know give trying to give a ritual for his mother or a um funeral and the human wasn't help, wasn't having it before here we actually see um the queen of the dragons is trying to head off because of the message that was given that the star the fallen star is going to come back and uh she's looking for her son Zimmons of flying off somewhere so which is kind of weird because you see him for a few seconds as he's seeing the message, and he backs off between t- the mother his mother's legs. Didn't s- didn't know he left that fast, but I guess he could. Um, uh, the king, dude, Ezra, finds Zem again, brings him back, and actually is encouraged to leave. This is the other thing that apparently uh, Spear was actually kind of hinting at it was that it wasn't if he was gonna leave, which is. Very intriguing in in of itself that okay, uh, Ezra along with the gang, Callum, Raela. Um, I'm gonna call him Groot. It's not bait Uh, you know, in the in the new in the new plushie leave uh, the kingdom, leaving the you know the council in charge, so uh. I guess this is what jock meant by and i think he hinted at something else that's going on and i'm probably gonna have to watch that episode once this podcast is over to see what's going on i'll do something caught up with him um well actually i think i'm still two episodes behind Huh. maybe He's been throwing things in my direction that I actually had not been paying attention to, and they're kind of just coming up in these episodes. So, like I'm actually impressed that he's withheld that much, and I still managed to be that dumb to not pick up on it. But the uh the clean dragon leaves of her son and Ezra on her back. Uh the other dragon that comes with her ends up about to leave a column and um Soren on his back. But a column's like, we need to go grab this mirror and uh a little bit a little bit of a gag kind of pops up where he's like no, "Ready to go he's not really ready to go uh, it's kind of funny not really much to say there that they, they go and grab um, the mirror and they fly off and then we come back to the human and the elf trying to the elf trying to perform a, a ceremony for his mother and um, again with the whole tribal thing tribes having ceremonies and rituals that they perform the human not actually being sensitive to this uh so much so that she ends up uh you know she says the flame is dangerous the elf is saying that this is for us sir I actually calls the superstition so that's even more insensitive right there he's already really pissed off uh essentially this escalates to her you know saying you're not gonna put the flame i'm gonna put the flame Ironically, there was a bucket of water within arm's reach of her in the flame Shucks the water onto the flame You know um, Extinguishes it this causes a conflict to break out between the elf and her The elf burns her hands and rage and then um, the guards who are Weirdly enough not doing their job I'm guessing all hear this commotion come up to to see what's going on Find out the human's hands are burned and then we cut away from that after the elf decides to do a bowing motion I can already see where this is going. Uh... Sorry, one minute. Okay. Uh yeah, okay, the race thing, or the the human insensitivity to it all, you know, kind of just breaks out, and we cut away. I know where this is going. We're gonna have a situation where it's like you're you're not sensitive to our needs, but you're endangering our lives. This is just is. It, there's no way that this encampment's gonna last. We already are having that issue between humans and elves. We already we can already see that they're not gonna um. They're not gonna be able to cooperate with each other. At least not right now. I probably some point in the future, which is gonna come real soon, they're gonna need to be able to work together. And then we cut back from that scene. We'll do, we don't see what happens with that until like probably next episode, I assume. But then we come cut back to uh we come back to Ezra, Zim, and the the mother dragon. And we get some information about um what's really going on. We out that Erevos is a um is involved in a lot of treason which is what led him to being imprisoned you find out he's been responsible for a lot of wars being the being the kingpin behind the shadows you know it sounds kind of almost familiar to like in real life where there's somebody speaking in somebody's ear telling telling them how to act we had a, we had an elf like there was wars going on and there was one elf trying to sedate all this and bring peace to the land. She went missing almost immediately after that happened. And let's just say that you know a lot of things happened to a, and, and it was soon found out that a star elf was responsible for it all and apparently the star elves are, are really powerful to the point where it's said that they've been descended from the heavens. Now usually heavenly beings in any fiction are shown to be really powerful, so powerful the fact that they can't be defeated from what I can remember. Um, but the one thing they do share all in common is that they have, um, they think they can't be defeated, so they have a lot of, uh, they, they have a lot of personality effects. we're find out this all this information from the Mother Dragon, uh, all at once and it's kind of a shocking t- to me like okay, this makes sense now. We- we're getting more information about Erevos now uh, Shocking information that we could probably already tell based on the fact that he was in the mirror that he couldn't get out After the, all, the, all the after all the information is like dropped well some of it anyway cut back to uh... These people's name I think there are these names he carried his names down because like uh Varen and Claudia's boyfriend have a heart-to-heart about what he had to do to save Claudia and Varen says like sometimes in the name of love you do things that you end up hating yourself for um in the end if Jock was here he'd probably said that he doesn't really believe what Varen's saying like i i want to believe the best in him i really do even though he did a lot in the name of i think what he was doing he did in the name of he thought he was helping. In reality, he probably wasn't truly, quote unquote, helping as much as getting what he wanted. But also find out a lot of what Erebos did was also manipulate magic builders. This makes what happened with Varen make a lot more sense. Apparently Erebos can manipulate the minds of magic users, or at least taunt them in giving them what they want. In exchange for him, them helping him, as we see, the Erebus is very conniving, very manipulative, uh, able to weave out the deepest d- dark desires of anybody he talks to. Unfortunately, uh, Varen was was a uh, was a bystander to all this. With that, um, we cut to them making it to the. Uh, to the storm spire where the uh, storm elf died, well the sky elf died they all mourn they all mourn his oh, his death his passing and then when Callum makes it he bring he brings up that he you know he like well the queen sees that he has the mirror and she's like oh you have I have a menham's looking glass and um essentially like they he gets informed everybody gets informed of everything And what happens is that the queen decides to cast a storm spell over the mountain to allow them to look into the mirror to see where Eros is. They do this. um, They see Eros on the other side. Eros is standing, looking outside his prison, I'm guessing. And um, apparently he's been standing there for a while. Because when they look through the mirror, Eros turns around like, huh. And Eros then possesses Callum. And starts, you know, just taunting everybody, saying well my uh reckoning is coming um probably knows what's really going on in the outside world because as this is happening that he's possessed Callum, claudia is now releasing whatever it is from the chrysalis that he wanted them to release It at first appeared to me he looked like a golem creature but it had butterfly wings and it didn't and it definitely didn't seem small enough so whatever it is that they needed to uh, release has been released. Also, gets another bit I glossed over. During that backstory, we learned that um, when they found out that Erevos was the mastermind behind all the evil th- you know, was happening in the world, several arch dragons, I think five, um, all imprisoned him in, in another world, using the mirrors as a way to look in on his imprisonment. Each dragon held a piece to the real location of where he was imprisoned. But sounds like to me that the prison is somewhere in that world. And Erebos doesn't know this. Which is scarier to me. Um, so he's actually I guess he's been imprisoned in the world. He just he just doesn't know exactly where, where in the world he is. But uh, as this is happening as the Chrysalis has been awakened. Erebos let's go a call him after he says, like, I like my uh, like, uh, my coming back is inevitable, and he just sits down, and he sits down, he breaks the mirror, thus we are, we lose the, uh, only way that we can contact with, contact him, uh, at least the heroes can, and that's where the episode ends, this entire episode was just one big, uh, plot mover, the plot mover, it was, uh, very good episode, it really am- upped the ante, it uh showed us what's going on what our um what what our what we're trying to stop showing the airbus is just as powerful as he was he's able to be he's at least a hundred years old but i'm pretty sure he's older than that how old well they have no idea And again, also with the whole, I guess, message of willing to do what you want, uh, willing to do anything for your loved ones, kind of feeds into the whole whole Claudia thing, where she did things that she didn't think she's capable of, but she did it in the name of love. I guess that's it that I can talk about, at least by myself. Again, if Spear was here, I'm pretty sure he'd have a, a list of things he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to say um that's the cost we have when only one out of the one well half the duo is here so um i guess with that we could transition over again this didn't take long at all <laughs> we don't have ideas to bounce off of another person and this is what you get uh but okay with that we can move on to my hair Academia. um this episode of My Hero was really good. Uh, a lot happened. Uh, also, a lot didn't happen. Um, the episode essentially begins with Bakugo taking the hit for Deku, and the last thing him saying to Deku is that "Don't go trying winning this by yourself," which is an odd statement, in my opinion, of Bakugo because I'm not gonna rehash what I said last episode, um, review episode of the podcast. But I'll, a lot of what Bakugo's done to this point doesn't really match. Some of his actions, again, another action he's performing that doesn't really match up to what he's been outright, you know, outrightly spilling out to Deku and vitriol So this is interesting. um Shigaraki has now been taken over by One For All, and as he's about to take the power from Deku, they enter the overworld, they enter the enter like the inner world of the of the quirks, and we learn a lot. We learn a lot about One For All here. At least as much as we kind of already knew, but a tiny bit we didn't. Um, For one, it looks like I guess one for all can, in fact, force the Quirk out of Deku. Didn't know that. Um, Apparently wasn't at full power inside Shigaraki's body. We also learned that apparently Quirks... uh, Apparently there's a phenomenon where um, if a transplanted organ... uh, We'll get back to my hero, but this is kind of irrelevant. a phenomenon in, in i guess the medical world where a transplanted organ can in fact change something about the person that the organs transplanted into um and this is the whole idea that cells and stuff like that have memories stored within them um cut back to my hero because they bring this up in the anime that um as an important thing is that quirks might have something within them an organ quote-unquote or a cell makeup that allows them to carry on the um theoretically allows them to carry on the personalities of whoever it was attached to um, we find that apparently because because the, the unique quirk the unique um specificities and unique abilities of the um one for all and all for one these abilities it's it, um because they can give and take because they're able to do this it's kind of like a transplant and they carry it and they take a piece of the person they're taking from or giving to and in 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 a one for all's in all for one's case um, one for all's case when the quirk is being passed on a piece of the previous user goes with the quirk into the next person which is intriguing but also kind of makes begs the question why didn't a piece of one for all might go into Deku unless there is a piece of him in there we don't we don't know it yet Uh Deku was like the ninth user, because one for All uh all Might was eight. It's kind of weird that he isn't in there, though. It is really weird. Why isn't he in there? Because we saw him one time before, and it was very early on in the, in the series, like season two, during the tournament. There's a there's a version of a, of a really shriveled up All Might in, in in that cluster, but we don't we never see it again. Um. So I guess one thing that's sh- that these people in the quirk share is that they're all dead. All Might isn't. And maybe that's the thing that's different is that maybe uh, All Might wouldn't show up in that quirk unless he's dead. Unlike One For All, where he's still alive, but a piece of his consciousness is still inside the quirk that got transplanted into Shigaraki, which is why he's there and conscious as well. And they're having this conversation about the giving and taking the quirks and one for all is like having a having a blast all four ones having a blast um he's just laughing enjoying everything that's happening he manages to introduce uh tomura shigaraki to his grandmother um apparently she meets him for the first time finds out that no this is the son of her son um don't know what's going on in her mind at this time shigaraki as he's trying to fight for control over his mind and body ends up nearly decaying his master um with his hatred To um, take over that world that they're both in deku and him um only for nana shimura to show up and then block him and then as it's happening the first user shows up and starts deploying i guess his love or whatever his shield and um, this is enough to keep uh shigaraki at bay now all this is happening Offer one is saying that you know i finally reached my i'm finally reaching my goal here i can take his power uh we're learning a lot about we're learning a lot here which is interesting in and of itself um the struggle i guess that's going on inside deku and Shigaraki right now um quirks trying to take other quirks quirks trying to repel the quirks it's 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 interesting like um what's going on here uh is very interesting to me i i never i didn't it's getting it's getting weirder and weirder with with this world and how superpowers work um, so much so, where she, you know, we get another, uh you know, monologue from All for One. Pretty much calling Deku stupid or weak. Well, not stupid, calling him weak, you know, for needing to be protected by others because he can't control his own abilities. He's got this wonderful power, but he's unable to use it to protect others. We see that this actually hurts and wounds Deku very deeply. Uh, so deeply in fact that uh he he's unable to do much and you can tell he's kind of you know resigning himself only for the first user one for all to say that we are choosing to stay within this boy um this actually kind of weirds and uh, where it's kind of like ask him like it kind of brings one for all like all for one down to like you're choosing to stay within him interesting wording that they he decided to use there is like and also Shigaraki also brings another phrase he keeps on saying that the only thing that never went all for one's way was one for all. Kinda is interesting. Like, I wonder if, it, if there is if there is a way that one for all, because of how it because of where it came from, it's still able to it's it's still able to resist, you know, if it doesn't want to be taken. Like Again, the whole idea that um, quirks might have this memory situation going on where they carry a personality trait with them when they move on is cool and interesting in its own way. Kind of makes you wonder, um, I guess, what's the true nature of this quirk? Is it a curse, like Bakugo says, or is it a gift? I guess we'll find out. as this the nature of one for all, like kind of like gets revealed because now i'm actually curious like is one for all its own entity you know or is it several entities i guess we'll eventually find that out at some point um after their little clash and then the clash ends Deku and Shigaraki, you know, after the explosion that happened when, you know, one for all, all for one, was trying to take one for all. uh, Both Shigaraki and Deku get jettisoned from the blast in opposite directions. Um, It looks like Shigaraki is almost down for the count. We really won't know that. Based on the, you know, the preview of next episode, he isn't down for the count yet. Deku might be because Deku's quirk, not only did he keep it, it turned off so i guess deku is like out for the count right now uh but other than that like not much happens there we actually cut away to Machia, G- Giganto Machia's um rush to uh see i don't know why i did the, the finger running motion because you can't see it I don't, I don't know why i did that i'm crazy <laughs> Um but um you come about the gigant the gigantomachia as he's rushing towards the the, the scene and um on the back on his back we see the villains you know that we got to know Toga twice no that's twice twice is dead Toga the lizard dudes uh I want gonna call him stripper but it's not his name. a guy, we see Dobby. The long haired dude from like, the revolution is there. Uh Compressed Man's there as well. And they're having their own conversation about like what's going on. Like like we have the upper hand. All kind because they don't know they're on their back. You know the heroes don't know this. The heroes are trying to evacuate the city as Gigantomaki is rushing through cities. There are several cities by this point that have been demolished. There's a lot of damage. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of all this. So there's a lot of damage being done to these cities. Um buildings are being broken down by this guy. It's ridiculous. Um we have a we have a situation we have a situation where Toga wants to confront um well wanted to confront Sue and uh, Uraraka about like um what their ultimate goal was. Uh she jumps off of him to to see this cuz like they find out that Uraraka And sue are somewhere nearby sue ends up having to leave the scene um to carry a couple of uh a couple of uh civilians out of the way uh there's a civilian lady that says that can you help me go get my husband little rocket says i'll go help rushes into the alley which i guess at the starting of that 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 doesn't lead to good things if i'm being having to run down a um an alleyway little rocket does this while, while thinking we f- to find out that that lady is Toga in a in a disguise. And Toga disappears inside of a building, inside of a house that um has a lot of uh, lucky cats in it. Um, I'm guessing the lady that she d- pretended to be lived there. I I can only assume that um because she had to get the blood from somewhere, uh, either that or she had the blood on her to begin with. Who knows? Um, Uraga kind of assumed that she got the blood um somewhere nearby to do that, but who knows. I'm not sure how old the blood can be for her to drink it, but and that's never been uh that's that's never been stated to be a limit, now I'm thinking about it. Cause she can store blood and then use it for later. Yeah, so I guess that whole like there being a to how long the blood can stay fresh is stupid. Okay. Um essentially rocket and uh you know Toga confront each other. Uh actually togas is a jump into a rocket Pins her to the ground and starts asking what do you want to do with, uh, with me. rocket just explains that she wants to save as many people as she can, and if you're gonna get the way in, it, you're gonna get in my way. I'm gonna capture you. Tosses her off her into a door, and it touches the ground. So I can only assume she's about to activate her quirk to capture her. And that is the end of the episode. There. Um. That much to say that this episode was really good i'm gonna say both episodes of these shows i've been watching so far are really good you know uh my hero kind of took some time to well along with dragon prince took some time to get there but my hero though we we're already kind of in the middle of everything they're just trying to get back up to speed dragon prince had a harder time because dragon prince was like off the air for two years but episode four is right now coming is like we're at the halfway point because this season's nine episodes we're at the halfway point, and things are really starting to ramp up on both things. Though, in my case, things are ramping down. Um, right now, we're dealing with the confrontation between Uraraka and Toga. I wonder how fast that's going to end. Um, seeing in the preview that Shigaraki's still up and moving. I guess still being possessed, I'm guessing. I don't know what that's going to entail. You don't see who he's fighting, as far as I could tell. Um, Endeavor is like. There's a lot of heroes that are just like very much like down for the count. Some of them more down, like Cox has been neutered for better for lack of a better term. So is Endeavour. Unless Endeavor is able to cool off enough to get off another prominence burn. I don't suspect the Shigaraki will allow him to do that though. Eraser Head's lost his leg. It's some of his face. A lot of heroes died, I assume. Uh, Eda... Also, that's for... Eda is on his way to there. I to mentioned that Ida, um During all this message messes, was heading towards there. Ida and one of the big three, along with a couple other heroes that float, are, like, rushing to their aid to let Endeavor know the situation. A lot of the other heroes are evacuating the cities as fast as they can. Unfortunately, as big as he is, he's able to move really quickly. They actually bring attention to this, too, that he moves too dang fast for how big he is, but... I don't think that really matters to him though as big as big as he is like I guess he's not really running as much as he's jogging I would hate to see him actually running because like I mean you're really big your your step is going to be very wide so I mean if anything he could probably clear several cities if he really wanted to also Jagatamaki also senses that both his masters are at the scene where he's rushing to so like uh, it's interesting that he can see two he can sense two souls so again, it kind of feeds into the whole idea that there is definitely soul within these quirks, um, but the, I guess they can only be seen if the quirk that initially had the soul was transferred out. So if anything, it's really not even a realistic situation. Like I mean, in that world, if uh, if you not if you're not aware of the the quirks of one for all and all for one, quirk transference should not be physically possible. So the whole idea of you know transferring pieces of yourself to somebody else is, is like theoretically uh, unheard of. But that uh that's interesting in and of itself, the whole idea of like personalities being parts of your personality being transferred to another person. That'd be interesting like to have a piece of you in another person to be able to live on. I guess in theory it's like the idea of transferring a lung or um kidney, you know, you may be dead, your body, but that kidney gets to live on to somebody else and a piece of you gets to live on through them as well. Yeah, I guess the whole idea of like, transporting body parts is kinda cool. Kind of like in it's own stuff, it's own version of immortality. Well, as far as long as, you know, that person that got your body part is still living. I mean, so it's that really immortality? It's just, you know, you know, extending your life, extending their life through your life, I'm guessing is the best way to put it. Um. uh, Is there not much more I can say? This, I told you this is going to be a short one, um, even shorter than I anticipated. Um, next time we come back, we'll be definitely talking about uh, episode five and um, of Dragon Prince. We'll be picking up back where um, we left off, which was in fact when the chrysalis aw- uh, woke up. That's going to be interesting. In then my hero going to be picking up back. I guess first thing we're going to probably see is the. Araka and Toga thing Toga's probably gonna get away cuz I don't suspect Toga's gonna like kill Araka considering she says she loves her So she'll probably just try to get some of her blood and then make a quick getaway Because Toga is weird like that But the intro has Toga for like um a Bandana so I can only assume that maybe they're intending to remove Toga from the situation. We're going to probably learn a lot about Toga in this next episode, I'm prob- pretty sure. Well, a lot more about her, actually. We learned one of her hang-ups was that she was being told how to act. People thought her her parents thought her smile was creepy. And that set her off down the road, that she wanted to be other people. She didn't want to be seen. Even know, people would leave her alone and she looked like an innocent schoolgirl. Which is weird in and of itself. Um... I guess I really shouldn't be trying to extend this, so I don't have much more to say. what happens when you try to spit, you know, everything out of your brain at, at like 100 miles per hour. When you normally have somebody else here to slow you down. Okay, and this question of the week, whenever this goes out. um, What do you think of the direction of Dragon Prince and the direction of My Hero? Leave your thoughts and comments in the comment section below of the YouTube video. Um, there probably won't be a questionnaire on the Spotify thing. If you can find a way to leave a comment on the Game GameHunter09's Twitter page, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, thank you all for, uh, if, if anybody was you know, listening to this, thank you for sticking with me through this awkward period right now. Um, he should be back next week, if as long as he isn't still busy again. I uh, essentially give him the week off so he can, get, you know, get caught up on his work, because it sounded like he was really he needed to get a lot of work done. Uh. So with that, fifty-eight minutes, world's shortest podcast. I am so sorry. Normally, I have more. I have a person to back, bounce off, and he can fill in with some silliness, because I'm the straight man. Which is painfully obvious, but um, guess I'm gonna. I'm not gonna hold you guys up. Short podcast this week. See you guys next week for the next two episodes. See you guys then. Bye.